1: with Rev. Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join the discussion, email us at yogahour@unity.fm. at unity.fm. Now, here's your host, Rev. Ellen Grace O'Brien.
0: Welcome to the Yoga Hour, our time to open our hearts and our minds to the infinite. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien. And I'll be sharing with you today some insights and practices from the spiritual tradition of yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization. Yoga is a familiar Sanskrit word today. People understand it means oneness, union, or unity. Um, but don't always know the deepest sense of what that means, to bring our attention and our awareness, to consciously abide in our essential spiritual nature, to be restored to our original wholeness. So yoga is abiding in the conscious awareness of our true self. It is self-realization, knowing our true spiritual nature and living in harmony with it. And today we're going to have an opportunity to look at this uh, living in harmony in, in a larger context as we look at divine duality and divine wholeness, reconciling men and women, masculine and feminine in our awakening world. And joining us today are Will Keepen and Cynthia Brick of the Satyana Institute. Will is the president and co-founder of Satyana Institute, and he's facilitated more than 50 gatherings in six countries. Uh, it's probably gone up since <laughs> since I have this written report yeah. for healing and reconciliation between women and men. An environmental scientist, he was a whistleblower in nuclear science policy and his research on global warming influenced international energy policy. He leads retreats on interface spirituality and is adjunct faculty at Holy Names University. He's author of the book Divine Duality, The Power of Reconciliation Between Women and Men, and also Song of the Earth, The Emerging Synthesis of Spiritual and Scientific Worldviews, as well as co-author of Women Healing Women, A Model of Hope for Oppressed Women Everywhere with Cynthia Bricks. And Cynthia, who's also joining us today, is an interfaith minister specializing in international peacemaking and spiritual direction for young adults. She's program director of Satyana Institute, and she co-directs with Will The Power of Reconciliation Project. Formerly the Unitarian Universalist Campus Minister at University of Colorado, she leads retreats on interfaith spirituality and is adjunct faculty at Holy Names University. Cynthia is uh, also a contributing author of Divine Duality, The Power of Reconciliation Between Men and Women, which um, captures uh, their, their work on this topic of reconciliation. You can Find out more about their gender reconciliation work at grworld.org and their overall uh, work that they do with uh, interspirituality work and reconciliation work, healing work at satyana, satyana.org. Welcome, Cynthia, and well, I'm so delighted you could join me today on the Yoga Hour.
2: It's a delight for us, too, Ellen. Thank you for having us.
0: Yes, thank you, Ellen. So, before we dive into our topic of healing, let's just take a moment uh, to center ourselves, just a moment of
3: meditation.
0: Right where we are, right now, let's consciously open our hearts and our minds to divine omnipresence, recognizing that there is just one reality, and this one reality is called by many names, but it is the support and the substance of all that is. So right where we are, we can recognize and affirm that this Divine Essence is present as each and every one of us. So let's just move our attention from the periphery of our awareness and into the depths. Just let go of sensory input for right now, of passing thoughts, and focus your awareness on your breath and just notice your the natural flow of your breath. Inhalation, exhalation, cool air entering the nostrils, warm air flowing out. In this world, inhalation, exhalation, light shadow, masculine, feminine, all the changes that make creation possible. But when we stop for a moment, we touch the greater awareness of that which holds it all, that which is beyond duality, the pure essence that is either neither masculine nor feminine as we become aware of our essential nature beyond duality, beyond words and thoughts let us just touch the peace within us that emanates from that Invite that peace to fill our minds and our bodies. And you can use the breath to do that. And then simply agree to let that peace overflow everywhere you go today as a blessing for everyone that you meet. Opening remarks this morning about yoga. I was speaking of yoga as wholeness. And this wholeness, of course, means to experience it comes through harmony and through balance. And balance in our lives, harmony within ourselves, uh, with one another, and with our world, requires that, that we understand this dance of duality in our world, and then that which is beyond it, that which hold it, holds it. So, we need to be able to understand and honor the masculine and feminine qualities or polarities and then understand the greater context in which they abide. So today we have the opportunity to examine our role in facilitating the essential harmony, balance, respect and healing um, between masculine and feminine that is emerging in our world today. That is part of the awakening on our planet, part of the global healing process. Uh, Cynthia and will your your website indicates that your power of reconciliation program, also known as gender reconciliation, fosters new dimensions of transformational healing and reconciliation between women and men. No society on earth is free of gender imbalance between the masculine and feminine. Both women and men are afflicted by gender injustice, and each needs the other for a true and complete healing. So that's a wonderful place for us to begin. Um, I invite each of you um, to speak a little bit about you know, why this gender reconciliation work, uh, is needed. I, I think our, our listeners are certainly aware of it in a certain level. It pervades, uh, our culture. It pervades a global consciousness. But, you know, what, what can you tell us about what you've seen and about why it's needed?
2: Well, thank you, Ellen. Um, I'll, I'll begin. And, and you're right. I think all of us can look around our world in our own communities, in our own countries, in our own homes, and, and say, yes, this is so needed. We look at the environment and how we um, have done such harm to the earth. Um, we look at our social structures. We look at our political structures, and there's conflict and um, and injustice happening every which way we turn. Um, and a few statistics in that um, regard is in the United States, a woman is raped or sexually ass- assaulted every minute, and usually by a friend or acquaintance. In South Africa. That's one, uh, a woman is raped or or assaulted every 25 seconds. For men, uh, the violence against men is mostly men against men, accounting for 80% of male violence. And men um, commit suicide four times more often than women um, so those are a few statistics, just a few that give us a sense of why this is such an issue. And we feel is gender, um, the gender injustice and need for gender re- reconciliation is at root cause. Um, I will also say that I think any one of us can look around and I just – challenge us to ask the question of when we look at relationships between women and men, how many relationships can we find that are actually healthy, vital, uh, life-giving relationships that we would like to aspire to have ourselves? There aren't that many out there. Um, There may be a few that you can say, oh, I can look at this person, this couple, or this partnership, or how these mothers and daughters or fathers and sons or siblings get along. But for most of us, we can always point to there's conflict within most relationships.
0: (sighs) Yeah, that certainly gives us um, a strong and um, compelling um, picture of why this work is, is so needed. And I think in some ways, you know, um, people have come to, uh, in a way, accept this violence as you know kind of just the way that it is so the work that you're you're doing you know to raise uh, awareness that no this is not the way it has to be and indeed there is a path of of healing um will can you talk a little bit about what you see as the source of this imbalance
4: Yes, actually, you um, invoke so beautifully in your invoking prayer um, the one reality and yoga, which <clears throat> comes from the Sanskrit, Sanskrit root yuj, which means to unite and also gives rise to the, the word yoke in English, is really about union. Um, and that union is usually understood in the kind of a vertical sense of the union with the individual with that supreme reality. And our sense of the deepest source of this imbalance is the loss of that union. And and, and there's some very interesting research done by um, a cultural historian, Gerda Lerner, back in the 80s, I think. Um, She wrote a book called Creation of Patriarchy, and what she actually did was to look at how this imbalance arose in different societies across the globe. And what she found which was very surprising to her, was that there was one factor that was common in every case where we had this emergence of this patriarchal imbalance, and that factor was the severance in women, actually, of their direct connection to the divine. And as women lost that direct connection, then they became commodities in the society, both their sexuality and their whole place in society. Became sort of women, became owned by men, and all of these kinds of issues began. And so, the deepest root of this work, uh, of this imbalance, I would say, is a denial of the sacred, some Mm. kind of cutting off of the sacred, and that allows, in a sense, the secular and political and economic forces to come in and take over. Mm -hmm. And that is not so easily seen. What we often point to as the root of the patriarchy are the various institutions which are perpetuating it. Mm-hmm. But they are really <clears throat> not the the cause of it. They are more manifesting the symptoms. And, mm-hmm. In our sense, the deeper cause is this loss of the sacred, and that's why <clears throat> that's why we entitle our work "Divine Duality." We're trying to get back to that sacred communion of masculine and feminine, which of course then mm-hmm. leads to that unity rather than a duality.
0: Um, so that's so beautifully put, and it's certainly. Um, Connects with my experience in ministry over the years. I, you know, it's been my observation and working with couples um, uh, in relationship that women are so much more powerful than they know. It's a very interesting thing to experience, and it is directly related, as you have mentioned, to this loss of the sense of, you know, really who we are. And, of course, that that happens with both women and men. And, you know, when we talk about patriarchy, I I just want to speak one thing about that, that, you know, that word comes up, and and one of the first things that happens is that, you know, men are blamed (laughs) because of patriarchal culture, but but right. But, men are equally um, in a sense victimized by uh, a patriarchal culture, so um, you know the undoing of that um, you know holding one above the other um, benefits you know both um, both uh, genders. so how do you see that our religious and spiritual traditions uh, play into this imbalance you know how How are they um, part of the problem.
2: Well, I I think what you were just um, saying, Ellen, about um, how men um, are often put into a category and and blamed for all the social uh, injustices that are happening with women, um, so too do our other organizations, including religious and spiritual, those institutions kind of put us into a box and say conform to this, this is what you need to be like. These are the rules to live by, and we can't extend out from those and truly live into the fullness of our humanity with ourselves and with, with one another. And as Will was saying with Gerder Lerner's um, research of saying how um, women's uh, connection with the divine, with source, was cut off and severed. I would venture to say, um, and I don't have any research to show it, but I think all of our connections with source has, have been cut off, and we need to come back into that place more fully. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely, and I, and I want to just mention, we're, we're gonna to go to break in just a moment here, but before we do, I, I want to, um, mention your wonderful work, the DVD that you produced on women's spiritual mastery. Um, talking to women, uh, spiritual leaders about their experience, um, finding a path that affirms the feminine and, and uh, feminine leadership, women in leadership roles in our, um, r- religions and spiritual traditions. I mean, that is certainly a growing edge. And when, when we get, when we get back from the break, let's talk about that a little bit. More. Okay. You're listening Very to good. The Yoga Hour with uh, Cynthia Bricks and Will Keepin. Uh, so we'll be right back with you on this fascinating topic in just a moment. If you've been inspired by the programming on Unity Online Radio, we hope you'll give your support so others may be inspired too. This online radio network
3: depends on the love offerings of listeners to continue operating and expand its outreach. Please visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you.
5: If you've tuned in for Touching the Stillness with host Reverend Paulette Pipe, then you know the power of her soul-stirring meditations. And if her programs leave you wanting more, you can purchase her meditation CD, Touching the Stillness, and you'll be able to take Paulette's calming voice along with you wherever you go. This enthralling CD contains three separate self-contained meditations that can either be listened to in one sitting or one at a time. Whatever your preference Paulette's mesmerizing voice will transport you beyond thoughts and sounds to a sacred place of stillness and soul remembrance. So go ahead, enliven your meditation practice with the Touching the Stillness CD from Rev. Paulette Pipe and let the stillness touch you. To obtain your copy, go to www.unity.org and click on Shop. That's www.unity.org and... Click on shop.
6: Unity Online Radio is turning five this year, and we're throwing the biggest bash of all. A cruise to the Caribbean, November 10th through 17th, 2012. We'll celebrate in style aboard Holland America Line's Eurodam with sunshine, fine dining, and a selection of island excursions at beautiful ports of call in the Eastern Caribbean. Plus, feed your spirit with music, message, and meditation. Your favorite host will be there, and we hope you join us too as we celebrate five years of spiritual programming at Unity Online Radio. For more information, go to www.unity.fm/cruise.
1: listening to the yoga hour living the eternal way with reverend ellen grace o'brien we now return to the yoga hour
0: Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien, and I'm joined today by Cynthia Bricks and Will Kepin of the Satyana Institute. Um, before the break, we, we were talking about um, this issue of gender um, imbalance and uh, kind of the, the unconscious... Um, <sighs> the unconscious presence of this uh, imbalance in in the ways that it permeates uh, our lives and our culture. And we were looking at our religious and spiritual traditions, you know, how they play into it, um, how they have been a part of the problem. And um, let's talk a little bit more about that. And of course, you know, how they can be part of the solution. So let's go back to that question about how you see our uh, religious and spiritual traditions perpetuating um, this imbalance.
4: Well, as we as we know. I, I... One, the way I would put it is that the gender wound between men and women is one of the deepest wounds in pretty much every religious tradition across the board, and it's profound. We see it certainly in all of the abuses that we've seen emerging in the Catholic Church in the last decade. We see it, um, I remember Jack Cornfield held a, a Buddhist conference where he brought you know, Buddhists together from all three of branches, you know, Theravada, Mahayana, and Vajrayana. And it was one of the first times they'd done that, and what it emerged into was the women across the traditions bonding together, realizing they were all feeling the same kind of oppression. This was the last thing he expected, and it was kind of quite a wake-up call in that context. We see it... Um, you know, in all of the sex scandals that have happened, you know, with one guru after another in different lineages, we see it uh, really across the board. So there is this deep imbalance and oppression that seems to be systemically manifest in the different uh, religious organizations and institutions. We see it in Islam in some of the oppressive, you know, attitudes towards women and we see it in India this country of such profound spirituality and yet one of the most repressive societies on earth against women
2: mm-hmm you
0: know and my husband and I uh, visited there uh, a few years back we were we were chatting um, with someone who was you know a, an educated um, person and just a kind of a friendly conversation about family and um, we were asked, you know, about our family. We said, well, you know, we have, um, you know, two daughters and a son. And the response was, oh, uh, two minuses and a plus. Wow! Wow! <laughs> so, you know, we didn't, we didn't really even know how to respond to that, you know, other than, yeah. you know, <laughs> just sort of having that jaw dropping moment of, um, nice. you know, what had, what had. Come up to the surface when you talk about this convening of people in spiritual traditions to to talk about this issue. I, I'm reminded of a story that I read uh, some years ago about uh, women speaking to His Holiness, uh, Buddhist women speaking to His Holiness the Dalai Lama about the kind of um, prejudice um, and. Um, restriction that really was kind of a lack of access to their own teachings they expressed this to his holiness dalai lama and um that he actually began to weep uh listening to them mm-hmm. and yeah. he said you know i had no i i had no idea and um you know so you know as a as a woman um leading a, a a congregation and ordained in a spiritual tradition Um, and we have lots of women in our um, ministry lots of ordained women and actually more than men and I you know I said to Mm -hmm. our congregation you know we see all these women standing up there it's not that we don't welcome men we do have ordained men as well but our balance is the other direction right now and I said you know we just have to think that we're we're doing our work to try and bring this into balance now yeah
4: Well, good. It's a very important thing, and it's not taken on by most uh, religious congregations, sadly, Um, not actively. Mm -hmm. I mean, that may may be starting to change now, but slowly.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think how we, you know, how our religions and spiritual traditions can be part of the solution. You know, one of course is to teach the truth about who we are. You know, about who we right. are at the core of our being. Um, you know, neither masculine nor feminine, and you know that is that is critical because that's the key okay. to not holding one above the other. And then I think to to demonstrate um, equality uh, in in. In our spiritual and religious traditions, equality of our, our roles, no matter how that is, is manifest, you know, not holding uh, one uh, above, above the other. Um, you know, when we talk about gender work and gender reconciliation, of course, um, you know, in yoga... We look at this topic called brahmacharya, um, which has to do with our um, vital force and, um, and, our, and because of that, our sexuality, how we use our life force in harmony with the divine purpose uh, for our lives. And so this has to do with dedicating our sexuality to spiritual purposes. And for some, you know, that that means celibacy. But for others, it has to do uh, with ha- being conscious about sexuality and allowing that Aspect of our being to help us develop compassion and greater awareness, and uh, and developing uh, awareness of the sacred. Um, so, will you talk a little bit about that? You you do um, touch on it in your book, Divine Duality, um, sexuality, and
2: the sacred. Um, what have you found there? I'd just like to make one comment, and then I think Will's going to comment further. Um, I'm aware that when we talk about sacred sexuality, we hold it as the healthiest and, as you said, most vital and life-giving relationship or intimacy between two people. Um, And sadly, around this world, most everyone has been violated some way sexually, and often at a very young age. So even coming to that place of first healing through those wounds that we have into a place that we can come into a sacred sexual relationship, intimate relationship with another, is probably our first task. Um, So I just want to mention that because... In our work, um, people show up from all sectors of life, all different places, from young to to elderly, all different social structures, all different economic structures. And it has been amazing to me to see how throughout every one of us, it seems, we have had some kind of um, Discourse, or harm, or injustice that has happened at different levels—some very extreme and some mi- minor—around sexuality. So, I just want to say that, in, in to begin the conversation, to recognize that um, that harm is there, and so we need to come mm-hmm. into full healing before mm-hmm. we can even broach the subject. Mm-hmm. I think. That, yeah, that's a
0: really good point. I think sometimes in in our um, Western culture, people come onto a mystical path, a path like yoga, and really, um what they want to do is transcend it all <laughs> and yeah, certainly right. that that was my instinct, you know, just rise Spiritual above it all path. exactly yeah mm-hmm. and um, yet we, we, uh, we have work to do, um, on all levels in our being to experience, uh, wholeness and physically, emotionally, uh, mentally and, uh, spiritually. And our spiritual path can help us do that, but we need to understand that, you know, at some point, um, we have to bring that spiritual awareness to bear on, um, healing ourselves and, and healing our world.
4: But but to get back to your uh, question, because it's, it's a very important question, and particularly in the yogic context, um, just as much as the religions are perpetuating the injustice and the imbalance, they also contain, particularly within their esoteric traditions, part of the key and the secret. And part of it, as you correctly said, is to discover who we truly are and come into that identification with the one reality. Um, But that can happen through the duality of masculine and feminine and through the arena of sacred sexual union. And we see this in the East, certainly in the, you know, the Tantric traditions and the Vaishnava traditions of the love between Krishna and Radha, uh, Shiva and Parvati. And we see it in the Western esoteric traditions, we see it in alchemy, we see it in um, Christian tradition in the mystical Christian tradition, for example, in the Gospel of Thomas where Jesus says, when you make the two one and you make the male and female one so that the male is no longer male and the female is no longer female, then shall you enter the kingdom. Now that same process we see, for example, in Shiva and Parvati, dissolving into that sacred deity in Hindu tradition of ardhra half male, half female. The two-ness is dissolving into oneness. And so we see this process whereby the masculine and feminine in their exalted expression begin to merge into that oneness. And this is expressed so beautifully, like in the mystical poetry of Janeshwar and some of the Mm Ramprasads, other mystical Hindu poets who really work with that sacred communion between lover and beloved, between masculine and feminine. We also see it in Sufism. And this is, an, I think, a misunderstanding sometimes of the bhakti tradition, which is often seen as inherently dualistic. But that is not the end. The, The bhakti leads to this prema bhakti, this supreme bhakti, in which the duality is transcended into unity. And actually, Rumi, to draw on the Sufi tradition, gives a beautiful expression of this where he talks about the love between two souls. And in that deep love, you have, in the Sufi tradition, they talk about polishing the mirror of the heart, and spiritual practices polish the mirror of the heart. And what this leads to is two clear mirrors. And then he uses the metaphor that when you have two clear mirrors facing each other and you look into them, you see the infinite, because the mirrors reflect one another infinitely. And so, through that, two souls that are purified, you can, through that duality of that pure communion of two souls, enter into the infinite oneness.
0: Mm, That is such a beautiful, beautiful um, illustration of that. You know, I think, of course, in our culture in the West, when, you know, a tantra comes in to the mass consciousness, you know, there's a, it's subject to being interpreted, you know, at a lower level, really at a physical yeah. level. That's um, right. but when you study tantra, uh, it really is much as you have described about, um, finding balance and harmony between masculine and feminine feminine, that leads to transcendence, um, that leads to uh, oneness, that, that leads to um, being able to live in a harmonious balance with these uh, so-called opposites, so, and, you know, I've I- Yes, please go ahead, Cynthia.
2: Well, I just wanted to say that ultimately that is what our work is about with gender reconciliation. We come into a place, uh, gender, because we are all born into this world either identified as a boy or identified as a girl, regardless of our sexual orientation. We're put into that category. That provides a, a doorway for us to go through together and then work on these deeper issues uh, around the injustice, the violence, and then move into the sacred space, into the holy space, into the safe space together so we can transcend beyond those um, parts of our life story into that harmony that you're speaking to. Mm
4: -hmm. Which is really important so that we see gender as not an end in itself at all, but a vehicle for moving beyond our a separate identification, including our identification as men and women, into that mm-hmm. communion of unity consciousness mm-hmm.
0: so I really it. appreciate that about your work and i I was aware of it as i 've been uh, reading your writings you know there you know through the through the decades you know we 've had um, you know men 's work and women 's work and um, and I really see what you 're bringing forth is um, um, a foundation, you know, of self awareness. You know, where do you begin, and how do you start there, and then take that as a as a step uh, into greater greater awareness.
4: And that's actually just to interject that is one of the ironies is that people often hear this work and they think, oh, we've done that already. We had the women's um, movement. We had the men's movement. Been there, <laughs> done that. Well. Guess what? We haven't finished the job. Oh, no. <laughs> we just brought them together, and that's the icing on the cake. Did you forget that, folks? The, uh-huh. the greatest beauty of masculine and feminine is when they come together in that communion. And in our culture, the, the problem is that we have had a catastrophic loss of intimacy in the deeper dimensions of intimacy and have reduced it to the merely erotic and then reduced the erotic to the merely sexual and then reduced the sexual to the merely physical coupling. So we have this catastrophic loss of intimacy and loss of the sacred, and that is the root of this. Mm-hmm. As we, and this work begins to re ravel that and unravel that and come us back into those dimensions of subtle intimacy and take us back into that union with the Supreme.
0: And I really um, appreciate, too, Will, your foundation uh, in science. Um, I just want to... Point to this this gender uh, reconciliation work. You know, isn't just about between men and women. That it has to do with how we hold masculine and feminine. You know, um, um. holding you know intellect, um, uh, mind against nature, and um, you know so much of our um, environmental degradation. Uh, is connected to our association with the the Earth as feminine. Um, so, yes.
4: That's right. Uh, In fact, the work began by exploring the parallels. It began really with the question, are there parallels between exploitation of the Earth on the one hand and exploitation of the feminine on the other? And, of course, we discovered the answer was a resounding yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're, we're just about headed into a break here now. And when we come back, um, I'd like to come back to, uh, our religious and spiritual traditions. You, you brought up some beautiful writings. And so I'd like to just touch on, um, our responsibility in, um, bringing forth the scriptures, uh, in our traditions to help this healing process and, uh, to also look at, um, you know, where we go with this vision. So uh, we'll be back with you in just a moment. Special guests, Cynthia Bricks and will keep in their website is Satyana S-A-T-Y-A-N-A.org. And we welcome your comments or questions. You can contact us at Unity Hour. I mean at yoga Hour. sorry yogahour at unity.fm, We'll be right back with you.
3: wellness expert Dr. Michelle Robin on healthy living.
2: In the game of wellness, there's some basic habits that you need to embrace in order to live a well life.
3: In her book, Wellness on a Shoestring, Robin shows you that complete wellness of body, mind, and spirit doesn't have to cost a fortune. Client Eddie Penrice turned his health around with Dr. Robin's seven habits for a healthy life.
6: I've got to say my body just embraced the change besides feeling better, looking better, thinking more clearly.
3: Many of Robin's seven habits for a healthy life are simple and free. She offers tips and shares real stories from clients like Eddie, who've incorporated the habits into their lives and seen the results.
6: You can make this change by being convicted that you will do it, that you don't need anyone else's assistance or help to do it.
3: Make this the year you get healthy. Discover a low-cost, attainable path to feeling better than ever. Order Wellness on a Shoestring today at www.shopunity.org.
1: How's life working for you? Would it be okay with you if it got easier, simpler, yet more meaningful, more vibrant? Join Rev. Carla McClellan Tuesday afternoons for Spiritual Coaching, Creating a Vibrant Life. Each week, Carla visits with leading-edge coaches as they explore the sacred purpose and stunning results of this exciting and emerging coaching model. Together, they reveal the secrets and successes of this transformational process. Call in and join the discussion as Carla creates a safe and sacred space to dialogue about real-life and real-world transformations. That spiritual coaching, living a vibrant life with Reverend Carla McClellan. Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Listening to the Yoga Hour, living the eternal way with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien. If you have a question, please submit it via email at yogahour@unity.fm, at and we will respond. Now back to the Yoga Hour.
0: Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien, and my guests today are Cynthia Bricks and Will Keepen. Uh And we've been um, discussing some material that you can find in their book, Divine Duality, The Power of Reconciliation Between Men and Women, which uh, really... Um, it gives you a good uh, uh, depth uh, overview of their their work on gender reconciliation in many parts of the world. And you can go to their website, grworld.org, um, and I understand there's some videos there that you can um, learn more about this work. And then their um, other website having to do with their uh, spirituality work is uh, satyana, S-A-T-Y-A-N-A dot org. Um, in our last segment, we were talking about... Um, the spiritual uh, component of course, of this healing work, and a little bit about our spiritual traditions and uh, will you, you quoted um, some some beautiful um, passages uh, from Rumi and talked about various ways that we could find um, inspiration for this mystical uh, Element that that brings masculine and feminine together and takes us beyond. Um, I just wanted to mention that you know I feel we have a responsibility in all you know whatever our religious or spiritual tradition is to root out. Um, uh, Prejudice um, and gender um, disrespect um, for, and generally it's for the feminine, but sometimes we find it for the masculine as well. In other words, you know, I mean, women, of course, for years, you know, have had to translate. Um, spiritual and religious texts when they read it, because there's, all, you know, it's generally Absolutely. written, in, you know, ma- addressed to the masculine, and yeah. so um, I think that we have a responsibility as women uh, um, and men, you know, to bring more balance into how um, these teachings are expressed today, and not just perpetuate that um, patriarchal view of spiritual and religious teachings. It's a new time. It's an awakening world that we're in, and part of it for us is to um, speak with a more balanced voice.
4: Well, I I would really support that fully, and it's a new time, and the voice of the feminine, particularly the prophetic voice of the feminine, is rising now in a way that it never has but I would just point that it's actually also been always the solution. If you look, for example, in the Mahabharata and the story of Draupadi where she is basically um, dragged into, you know, she's, won, she's lost in a dice game and she's dragged into the, the room with the Kuru elders. Basically all of the spiritual and political leaders are there. And um, when she's betrayed, they simply look away and look down, which is the response of a patriarchal society to the violation of its women. They don't get justice, and when they appeal for justice, they're violated again when it's denied them. And this is, and, and when the women can find their voice and speak truth to power, spirit itself moves through them the way Krishna moved through draupadi and wrought a miracle basically worked Mm -hmm. a miracle because her sari could not be you know became Mm -hmm. long she couldn't be stripped there's something profound there about the healing of the patriarchy through the power of the feminine coming forward and standing its ground rooted in the supreme
0: Absolutely. And I think, you know, part of our training is to take these stories like that and to, you know, look at, you know, how do these, how, how do these situations arise in a sense in a literal way that we can relate to, you know, in, in our day to day lives. And then also, how do we look at them metaphorically in terms of our relationship to our own feminine nature? <laughs> and, um, you know, I always appreciated that story in which the feminine is, is gambled away. And yeah. you know of course you know that is something that that we that we do um, in an unconscious way um, becoming so involved is so willful from the egoic state something we want that we're willing to um,
2: sell out uh, the divine feminine within us yes and I, I'd like to um, say on a really um, current level of taking the story that will just spoke to and and bringing it into our own lives because the metaphor of the story is right there and it and as we're speaking, I'm thinking of a story from a young woman that has been part of our work uh, attended a workshop and she um, came with a story of being betrayed in a relationship with her beloved with her boyfriend around pornography and how that and that is so worldwide so rampant now where it pops up on your you know computer screen you can't get away from it it's on cell phones it's all over the place it's everywhere you look and it just draws us into that lower level that real primal level um, of our being and doesn't allow us to rise to that higher state that we're all striving for, aspiring for. And But anyway, this woman came to our workshop, and she was just so hurt by she loved this man so dearly, but he couldn't give up the porno, the pornography, the habit, the addiction that he had to it. And she went to her friends and asked them, you know, what's going on. And, and she's a young woman, and, the, and her friends, who were also young adults, said, you know, you're the problem. You're the one. You're the one with, you're frigid, you're, you're just yeah. not open enough. And, and I feel like that is the selling away of the feminine Mm-hmm. and we're betraying all of us we're be- we're betraying the soul of who we are you know of of what that intimacy of what we want with one another that holy communion that that connection with each other that is beyond us that's connection with source mm-hmm. and um, so i'm just struck by that and and in terms of what we can do about it is is to not Sell ourselves short, you know. You you mentioned, Ellen, early on in this interview about, in this conversation, about um, fi- women finding their voice and and empowering women. I'd say we all need to find the truth of who we are mm-hmm. and come into that right relationship with who we are. And there is usually that small voice within us that knows when we're in alignment And when we're out of alignment and when we hear it, we really need to, when we're in alignment, we really need to pray to that place, to connect with that place, to um, let that voice come forward, even when it's out of sync with everything else in this culture.
0: And to draw strength from that, because of course that's what's needed, you know, that finding our voice to be able to speak the truth, um, we have to be in touch with it in a very, uh, in a very, very deep way. But, you know, I know that you've seen this in your work and certainly I've seen it in mine. Anytime, you know, we are in touch with truth, um, and we are able to speak it, People respond (laughs) i Mm -hmm. mean there you know it's as it's Mm -hmm. as if you're able to relate you know soul to soul you know there is so much power in you know living and speaking the truth and of course Mm -hmm. the the reverse of that is also true that you know when we're out of harmony and we know it you know there's a damping down of our of our soul life that um you know leads to um just, just kind of a depressed um, energy. So, um, what do you see in uh, that we can do? You know, in our relationships uh, with our partners, with our children, with ourselves, <laughs> that supports um, gender uh, respect and balance. Yeah.
4: Yeah, that's a very important question. And part of it is to really hold a commitment to seeing beyond the outer forms, seeing behind the veils of body and personality. And that's one thing that our work uh, does really beautifully. It, It does it automatically. It's not something we do. It's something that happens when women and men come into this field and start dropping those veils and go into the wound When they come through on the other side we come into this place where that personality baggage is dropped and we see each other soul to soul and we see that magic incredibly beautiful dance of the masculine archetype and the feminine archetype in their sacred manifestations and that takes us into that kind of unity place and into that kind of communion with spirit that is supposed to happen in every intimate relationship, in every family, and ultimately in every interaction between each person and every other person, whether they're male or female. And it should also be happening, and it is cultivated within our own hearts, between the masculine and feminine sides of ourselves. So part of what we need is that... Um, you know, practices and awarenesses that lead us back into that, and um, certainly yoga is a part of it, but there's a kind of yoga of you could almost say collective yoga, which is what our work is about, which is bringing that awareness into communities and bringing it into sanghas and into families, which is which is really lost and and our our vision for this work is that it
5: supports
4: that reclaiming of that awareness in the, in the groups, in communities, in families. And the place to start, we feel, uh, most strongly is in spiritual communities where they already have a kind of a spiritual precedent for doing this kind of work and truth-telling and connecting with the higher dimensions of who we really are. And we find the work is, is very powerful in those contexts.
0: Well, I thank you both for uh, joining me this morning, and I think that's a good place for us uh, to uh, conclude in just the sense that, um, Will, what I heard you say is that, you know, first we, we need a commitment. To this wholeness and to and to bringing it forth in our lives and in our world, we need a practice that supports it and um, and I think to uh, we need courage that you know both of you are demonstrating uh, in doing this work. Um, so, Cynthia, thank you and Will, thank you. And again, for more information about their work and their publications, you can visit grworld.org or satyana.org. I want to invite you um, back to the Yoga Hour next week for a program on what dialogue can do, a nonviolent way to bring people together and build a culture of peace. And my special guest next week will be the Reverend Dr. Bill Lesher, um, the Chair Emeritus of the Parliament of the World's Religions, and Bob Weeks from Carry the Vision. A uh, reminder to sign up for the upcoming Live the Eternal Way course, which is offered globally online, and you can visit csecenter.org, um, to register for that. Also, you'll see information about the un- upcoming nonviolence, community nonviolence conference, Carry the Vision, um, on the CSE site, or you can go to carrythevision.org. And I understand that we're now on Facebook. So those of you on Facebook know what to do. There's something called Like Us, and you can do that and help us get the word out. We really appreciate it. I look forward to being with you next time. Until then, remember to let your inner light shine into the world, and remember to share your peace and your joy with everyone that you meet. Bye, Cynthia and Will. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank Thank you, you Ellen. Thank you so
4: much, Ellen. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
1: Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world.
5: Repeat the words, God is taking care of it, and it will become clear that you are the channel, and that God is the doer of good works through you.
1: This meditative moment, adapted from Mary Kupferle's God Will See You Through, is brought to you by Unity.
6: You've seen Reality TV. Well, now get ready for Reality Radio. It's raw, unpredictable, and completely unscripted. You Can Heal Your Life follows the lives of four people each season as they face their fears and overcome their challenges. Tune in weekly and follow along as they take each faithful step on their journey. Learn what it takes to really heal your life. Dr. Chris Michaels shows you how to expect specific and measurable results from prayer. He says, We must place a demand upon consciousness. We don't hope to get what we pray for. We expect it. As a 25 year veteran in the New Thought movement, Dr. Chris has helped thousands of people find their way to success and healing. His faith is unshakable, and his commitment to helping others heal through the power of prayer is extraordinary. Don't miss Reality Radio. You can heal your life with Dr. Chris Michaels. Live, Mondays at 11 a.m. Central Time on Unity Online Radio.